Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge podcast. On today's episode, I sit down with Melissa Perez, who teaches the Twin Falls School District's Migrant Summer School Program and is also a fourth grade teacher at Oregon Trail Elementary. A former migrant student herself, Perez tells us what it means to her to be able to give back to kids with similar experiences. I hope you enjoy the conversation. So Melissa, thanks so much for coming on the show. I was hoping you could start by just telling us a little bit about yourself, like how long you've been teaching, what subjects and grade level you normally teach during the school year, that kind of thing. Oh, sure. No problem. So um, my name is Melissa Prez. Um, I teach for Twin Falls School District, and um, I teach at Oregon Trail Elementary. I have been teaching for seven years. This will be my eighth year coming coming up in 2023, 2024. Um, so I started off as a preschool teacher, um, part-time and then kindergarten teacher. And so I was doing both. And then um, I just stayed with kindergarten full-time. Um, I did a morning class and then an afternoon class. Um, and then COVID happened. And a lot of parents were a little worried to send their children, their younger children to school. So they didn't need as many kindergarten teachers. And the only other position available was a fourth grade teacher. And I was a little nervous going into teaching fourth grade um, just because I'm super short and I've got fourth graders the same height as I am. So, um, I, I thought to myself, well, if they are taller than me, they are not going to listen. And um, I found fourth grade, I was just so nervous, but I fell in love with fourth grade. I don't think I'll ever leave fourth grade. Um, they, they're more independent. They, they get, they understand, I guess, their sarcasm. You can have a conversation with them. Um, and then again, there's Idaho history. And so I'm a native of Idaho and I, I like teaching Idaho history. So nice. So I totally relate to that. Um, I used to teach high school and I had some of those same thoughts, you know, like when I, when I started teaching, I think I was 25 or 26. So um, I was definitely older than the seniors who were 18, but I was short and, you know, some people thought I was a high school student, but I got to um, start out teaching freshmen, which was really nice because they were doing their first year in high school and I was doing my first year as a high school teacher. So we got to embrace all the scary things together. So I totally get that. I love that you have found this love for fourth grade. So how many years have you been doing fourth grade? Um, so this will be my fourth year. It's going to be four years Okay. this upcoming school year. And what did you do before you were a fourth grade teacher or a teacher at all? I worked for Senator Crapo. Yeah. Um, I was a staff assistant for yeah. Senator Crapo. Um, uh-huh. I, well, I went to Idaho State, so I'm a Bengal, um, and while I was at school, I decided to do an internship for Senator Crapo, um, and then he hired me. There you and go. So, 
<laughs> I enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved it. What made you want to transition from politics into teaching? Um, I had my daughter. Oh, okay. And I said, oh, I, she's my baby. So I said, I want to go to school with her. Mm-hmm. And did you grow up in the Twin Falls area too? Um, I'm actually Burley native. I graduated Burley. from Burley High School. Nice. Okay. So <clears throat> I wanted to have you on the show because most teachers have their summers off, but there are definitely those who continue teaching during the summer, whether it's driver's ed, summer school, or in your case, migrant summer school. And I think that's a really unique program. Not every district has that. Not everybody knows what that really is. So can you just tell us about that and what it entails? Okay, perfect. Yes, absolutely. So um, the migrant, it's a migrant program um, and uh, migrant educational program that they have every summer. And this is my second year teaching uh, migrant summer school. And so... Um, the migrant education program provides services to the children um, and seasonal farm workers to help them succeed in school. So a lot of times um, we have a summer slide and that is real. A lot of people think, what is a summer slide? Well, that actually happens. Um, and when children aren't in a program, an educational program, they just tend to, um, they decrease in their um, in their academic skills, and so it's important that the children are engaged in some type of academic program, education, anything that involves education. And um, I I like this program because you just get that extra support through the summer. And yes, it is only four weeks, but it but it does it's a and they do get um, the month of July off. And, and some of them actually, because there are other um, summer schools, some of the kids actually go and continue on and do a different um, summer school. Um, but it just, we try to close that gap in the summer. Mm-hmm. So and, what, what, sorry, gap are you, what gap are you talking about? Like what gap, is there a gap that these kids experience that other kids might not? So their primary language at home is Spanish. And so when they go home, um, they only, parents only speak Spanish, um, right? Maybe grandparents living with them, grandparents only speak Spanish. Um, and they listen to Spanish TV, Spanish radio station. So at home, everything is a different language. And um, so they academically, you know, you do you need to keep practicing and reading and math facts and, you know, just stuff that you normally wouldn't, you normally would do during the year because you are in school. And because it's summer, um, we incorporate that in migrant summer school. Um, in our lesson plans, we have, um, multiplication facts of fourth I teach fourth grade migrant summer school so multiplication facts reading we're reading um the Charlotte's Web together oh I love and that book <laughs> it's a good one and so it, even though um the kids 
it is more laxed. And so we read it together and then we do um, multiplication facts, but we also incorporate STEM. So we build bridges and we, we just have a good time together. And the reason I love migrant summer school is because I, I'm fluent in Spanish and um, I, I speak the language so I could do basically bilingual. And um, I have a little girl in my class and she's from Nicaragua and she speaks nothing but Spanish. So I'm able to explain to her what we're going to do in English and then explain to her in Spanish. Yeah, I'm sure that's really helpful. It's not such an abrupt transition where nobody speaks a word of her language. Um, right. So did you grow up speaking Spanish at home as well? I did. I am a migrant student, and it's a generation um, that I have had in my family. And so it is such a privilege and an honor to help the kids that were me years ago. And so um, my grandparents, they worked in the potato fields and the onions and, and moved from Oregon to Texas to Idaho and around. Um, and then my parents promised that they didn't, they hated moving. Um, and so they said, we are not going to, we're just gonna stay in one place. But their type of work was agriculture. So we, we didn't, my, my parents purchased a house and we didn't move, but my dad left for work. And so, um, I am a generational migrant student. And so now teaching the migrant students, I, I just feel, I guess that's why I do it because I feel like I am helping them. Because I remember when I was young and, and I, so it, I understand everything that they're going through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that you've gotten to come full circle and be that person that you needed when you were younger. Um, I'm admittedly a little bit ignorant about a migrant lifestyle. So can you tell me like, you know, what would a typical year be like and why, are these workers having to move around? Is it to find like, okay, this this crop in this area needs us, we'll be here. Then this crop needs us, so we'll go there. So like, is that why there's so much moving and how often might these families be moving in a given year? So it just depends. Um, for instance, you know, in agriculture, um, it's seasonal. And so it, you could be working in potatoes and potatoes is not a year round job. And so, um, then you, you're done with the potato season. So you go to onions and in anything in agriculture, um, and, and agriculture consists of field work, picking rocks, uh, moving irrigation pipes, food processing, um, sorting potatoes, onions, um, milking. It could be working in a dairy, um, cattle, working with cattle, livestock, fishing, any, anything agricultural is considered. Um, you can join, be part of the migrant program. And so because it's not an all year round, you move from a different area to another area because of the, um, climate and you move with the work. And so that's how you shift and 
that's considered a migrant student. And mm-hmm. they don't stay in one spot because the work is not year-round. Mm-hmm. And in your case, even though your mom said, okay, we're just staying in this house, you were still impacted by it because there'd be long periods of time where you wouldn't see your dad, right? Right, that's correct. And so he would leave and go to work. Um, then she wasn't happy because he was always gone. So, yeah, it, it's, it puts a strain on your family, for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm, I'm really glad they have the migrant program just because um, the program incorporates field trips and that parents are so busy working that it's often difficult for them to take their children. And sometimes, you know, it could be three children, it could be six children um, to do activities that you and I would normally do. Um, And so, for instance, recently we went on a bowling field trip and I had, I have on my roster, I have 21 students. um, And out of the 21, there was 13 that came to um, the field trip and 11 of them had never bowled. And so they, I showed them what to do and I I rolled the ball and, um, once they, they rolled the ball and the pins went down, they were so excited and they said, okay, so now what do I do? (laughs) And when the ball came back, oh my goodness, (laughs) they, they were just ecstatic. I, um, so I had to share with them how they get points and they have to knock the pins down and it was fun. I started bowling left-handed because I felt bad. They, <laughs> they didn't really know, know what they were doing. Um, and they, it, they're very competitive at fourth grade. So they want to win, <laughs> but it's definitely, um, another thing we talked about in school was, um, planets. And so we were able to visit the, um, Harris center. And uh, we went to the planetarium and we saw a show and then we were able to look through it, a telescope and these kids were just amazed by what they saw. And just looking at their faces after they've seen a huge telescope and looking through it, it gives you a sense of a hope, I guess, because they're, they're just so excited and so interested and curious to learn. And, and it's, it's a great feeling. Yeah. I love that the program provides those experiences because if their parents are working on farms, those are really long days in the summer. And so it gives them a chance to be supervised, have an adult around, but also expand those educational opportunities and get out and do some fun things. And even sure. something like bowling, you know, can can mean a lot to them. So that's really cool. And you said you do a field trip every week as part of that program, right? We do. We at least try to. Mm-hmm. In what other ways is Migrant Summer School a little bit different than a traditional school day? Um, so a traditional school day... Um, we're focused on where our time constraint is hard because you have to get in, for instance, I teach fourth during regular school. So you have to get in um, reading and then reading intervention and the math and then math intervention and then science, then Idaho history. 
And so you have all these subjects to get into um, eight to three and you've got lunch in there and recess. And, and so in my great summer school, you're not, you, you definitely hit those areas, but it's more hands-on and um, it's, it's a lot of um, the learning is completely different. So different, um, we're not in front. In fact, I try to keep them away from a device as much as possible, where I feel like normal school, um, you have to get on a device and you do Google Classroom and you do, you know, and so this is more, um, STEM-based and crafts and how can we build a 3D bridge or, um, so it's, it's definitely, I think those are the differences. And what kind of feedback have you gotten on the program from students and from parents and families? Um, well, when the other day I went to the dentist and, um, he asked me how was work going and I said, well, I'm teaching migrant summer school and, um, he, he thought that, um, I guess the, the biggest misconception, um, of migrant summer school, when I say migrant summer school is they think that it's only for Hispanic students that qualify. I mean, it's for anybody that's in agriculture, Mm -hmm. um, that can qualify. And Mm so, um, Granted, the majority of them are Spanish that go, that work in those areas. And so the majority of the kids are, um, but it is more, I feel like it's a smaller setting and the relationships that are built are stronger. Um, we, I mean, you build relationships in the classroom and normal classroom, just like you do, you would hear everything. It's, it's, everything that I would do in a normal classroom, I would do it here only. It's just a little, um, I'm not in a normal classroom. I'm not able to speak Spanish where in migrant summer school I can. Mm-hmm. And, um, the parents at the, at the, at the end of the program, we have what's called like, a. a it was a carnival and, um, we bring in people from the community to give, um, migrant students and their parents resources in the community. And, um, it's, we give them food and we do a bike raffle, um, and invite different members in the community and let them know that there's resources around everywhere. Um, community council of Idaho was invited to our carnival. Um, and they shared about the resources that they have through the community council of Idaho. And um, so a lot of times when migrant workers move from place to place, they may not be aware of any additional help or resources available. Um, And so when their children are in school and if we have a carnival and feed them, then they're more um, susceptible to coming and um, in listening to the resources that we offer or the community offers. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so it sounds like it's a good way to get families connected with the school community and and that kind of thing. And I love that you said you get to speak Spanish with these kids and kind of pull in parts of your identity that they might relate to. And I'm sure they see a role model in you. Um, So going back to some of the academic gaps that you mentioned earlier, you said those can be created because of a language barrier Um, and I'm sure like, you know, you said certain stresses at home can play into it and moving. So some of these kids, do you count on seeing them again year after year or will some of them move away and not come back? Like with the moving patterns, is it like they're in the Twin Falls area at least part of every year or, you know, could they just be here for a few months and never come back? I'm sure it varies, but what is the kind of general trend that you see? Um, so the nor- you're right. Um, sometimes I could teach a student and then they leave and I won't ever see them again. And then there's times that every year during um, their parents' work, well, they come to summer school. So every year you'll see them. Um, and I feel like it, it definitely varies. Last year, students... Um, I recognized about a handful of them, and then I had new students this year. So um, it's, I guess it depends on their life, what their workload consists of. Um, I remember growing up, my parents liked an area, and they said, okay, this is where we're going to move, and we're going to stay here. Um and and that happened to be in Burley, and so we stayed in Burley. But there's different um, different areas that they decide that they're going to stay, and then they don't ever come back to migrant summer school. Mm-hmm. So I guess it varies. Um, but yeah, I I pull in culture in my regular classroom because I I'm the same culture as some of the students, but. In migrant summer school, I feel like I have the liberty to do a lot more of my culture in the classroom. And that's what makes it interesting and fun and completely different Mm -hmm. than regular school. Can you give an example of a way that you bring culture into the classroom? So I make paper flowers. Mm -hmm. I put on Spanish music. um, But the music is in English and Spanish. Um, We make crafts. That are um, that incorporated in the curriculum that are Spanish, um, um, Spanish related, and so it's it's more um, the kids. I I feel like the kids are comfortable. I mean, I know school they they're here to learn English, and I know that, but. Today at recess, the kids will say, um, can you play paper, rock, scissors with me? And I said, sure. And they did it in Spanish. And so, and I play paper, rock, scissors with them in Spanish. And um, I take a soccer ball and I play soccer and with them. And it's fun because, you know, they, they're picking teams. I'm always the last one to get picked. <laughs> But it's, I hear I'm talking, so tomorrow I'm going to bring my cleats and 
Mrs. Price is going to be on my team. And, <laughs> and one time I missed a goal and, and they were not happy about that. <laughs> but it's, it's, um, I just, I feel, I guess I can relate to these kids. <laughs> and so I, I definitely make them feel welcome and, and let them know that I've been where they've been. And, and so I, I want them to know that they, you know, when they're, they don't understand why they're moving or they don't understand a, a word in English or, I mean, I want them to feel comfortable to enough to come to me and, and I will help them out. And so, um, a couple of the boys in my classroom said, will you play soccer with me? And I said, sure. So I, then I, then it started the beginning of June and now we're closer to the end and boy, let me tell you, I put some steps in. (laughs) (laughs) I bet they keep you busy. (laughs) Yes. So in the normal, typical school year, what could a teacher do who is not Hispanic and doesn't have a migrant background, but they've got Hispanic and migrant students in class? What, what's like the number one thing that that teacher could do to help facilitate that student's success? Um, I feel like they could contact um, maybe somebody in the classroom or ask somebody in the classroom that can... I feel in my normal classroom that some of the kids don't really understand when I speak English, they don't understand what I'm saying. And so I have the advantage to speak Spanish to them and then they understand. And so when, when a teacher that doesn't speak their language, um, and there's students, there's students that can teach both. Now at a a 10 year olds can sometimes is translating for their parents at a hospital or at Walmart or somewhere is translating for their parents. So maybe a student doesn't understand a word in English, but knows that word in Spanish, then maybe another student, he could share that word in Spanish and say, I don't under what, I don't understand what this is. Right. And then the, the student can explain that to the teachers and let them at least like hear them out because I feel like, Sometimes when students in the classroom are speaking Spanish, then the teacher says, nope, we're here to speak English. Don't, don't speak Spanish in my classroom. Um, then they're afraid to even ask any questions. And maybe they know the word or they don't understand what the teacher is saying, but they know it in Spanish, but they just want clarification. But now they're worried and they don't want to ask. And so they're just going to sit there and be really quiet and look around and follow what everybody's doing, but really not understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really good piece of advice to let students step in and help each other and, and kind of become the masters in a given scenario and to accommodate Spanish speaking because I think that probably will help that child, um, you know, adapt to the situation a little bit faster and and understanding is definitely the the ultimate goal there. And then I was wondering, like by the end of the school year, a lot of teachers are kind of tired, burnt out, ready to be done. 
So how do you gear up for a whole nother month of teaching? Yeah, yeah. This last year I had a really rough year. Um, one of my teammates passed away. And um, it was challenging, really challenging. And I I told my husband, I said, I don't want to do summer school. I don't want to. Uh, I wasn't planning on it. And then um, I was in grocery store and I saw one of the students that was um, was an Oregon Shell student that was planning on going to migrant summer school. And they ran up to me and they were speaking Spanish and they gave me a hug. And I can't wait to go to summer school. And, and I thought to myself, you know, I... I, I really enjoy summer school and, and I, I enjoy the kids. I think I'm not ready to leave a classroom. I, I love teaching them. And I think that moment changed where I was on the fence about not teaching during the summer and just relaxing. Um, but that moment made a difference for me and you get to school and or you wake up in the morning and you think, I shouldn't have taught, but I get to school and the kids are excited to be there and they're excited to do something different. And they're excited because their teachers speak Spanish and, and they're, and so, so then I, I can't help, but be excited with them. And so I play soccer with them and, you know, help them in anything that they need help with. And, and so, I, I think that gave me the energy to continue. And um, I, I I just want them to know that I have been in their shoes. And and I, I understand exactly where they're going and where they come from. And, and so I, I want them to understand that I'm right here with them. And if I went through what they did, they can do the same. And and I mean, who they they come back with stories and say, "Well, my teacher at my school doesn't speak Spanish, but but I'm so excited that you do, you know." And sometimes they're naughty and they say naughty words, and I can hear it in Spanish, and I get after them. But overall, I have a really gr- good group of kids, and I I just I get excited. In fact, Friday's our last day, and even though I don't care to get up in the mornings um I'm kind of sad that that it's our last day on Friday yeah well I think it's definitely a testament to you that you have gotten a child to say I can't wait for summer school that's a pretty big deal (laughs) yeah (laughs) um when you were growing up did you have a teacher that made a big difference for you as a migrant student I did and she has passed since, um, but I remember her, and she was a she was a shining light. She really was. Her positive attitude. Um, she she was a hugger, and she spoke both English and Spanish. And um, she, I remember my parents. I would go to school, and she would sit there, and um, one of 
One of the girls asked her to braid her hair. Well, so then all of the girls, she had a line of everybody. And I was one of the girls that lined up. So she braided my hair. And so she was just kind and sweet and positive and really uplifting. And I feel like um, she really made a difference that lasted um, a lifetime. And, and I thought to myself, you know, I, I want to do the same. And so I want that. I want those kids to see that, you know, a lot of times teachers don't understand different cultures. And so they reprimand students for not doing something or, or speaking in Spanish or, um, and in summer school, I don't want them to remember a teacher that's reprimanding them all the time. I want their Oh, remember when we went to the Herod Center and saw the planets or the stars and and remember when we went bowling and we beat Mrs. Perez? <laughs> and so I want it to be a positive light for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing all this about the migrant summer school program. I hope that just kind of um, helps helps our listeners learn more about it and learn more about what what helps these kids who are moving around um, to succeed and do well and get caught up in school. Um, We do have our lightning round. Before we move on to that, do you want to add anything else about Migrant Summer School? Um, Let's see. The services that children can receive and families, um, they get supplies if they need them. Mm -hmm. Um, They get some hygiene kits, um, community resource information. Um, they, I don't remember if I mentioned this, students get free breakfast and lunch during the program. Nice. Um, and they also have information on preschool students to get them ready for school. A lot of times um, migrant workers or even anybody, um, they, they really don't know what to teach their child mm-hmm. um, before they're getting ready for school. And and they think, oh, well, the teachers get paid to teach them, so we don't have to teach them at home. Learning starts at home. And so a lot of times we need to share that with parents because they think, oh, I'm, I, I don't need to teach my student at home or my kid at home. It's, it's very important to, kids start seeing and they start learning and they um so there's packets for kids of all ages that they can do and they can pick up and just start practicing at home mm-hmm. and and that will get them ready for school and it just helps every parent wants their student to be at the top you know and no no parent wants their student to be below grade level mm-hmm. um and so these are just resources to help practice and maybe they're not able to flash them with you know multiplication cards or flash them with sight words or help them but they can get them on a educational app on a device a lot of students are on devices now mm-hmm. and there is um even parents so a lot of times parents think oh I've been in this country for far too long and I've tried and English is so hard well there is educational apps for adults too and Adults never stop learning just like kids don't. And so Duolingo apps are good for 
if they want to speak English and just, and it, we, we have to practice at anything. And, and I always tell my parents and students, if you, if you want your student to be ready for school, then these are the things that we need to be helping them with at home. And, um, and some parents are receptive and other parents just says, well, um, I'll try. And, and so then I go to the students. I said, you know, you also have to put in effort because you, when a student is 10 years old, um, you should be able to feed yourself. You should be able to do a lot of things on your own. And so you should practice math facts and do things that, um, at any, any age, you can definitely learn at home. And so the resources that, um, schools give out for kids, uh, any kids, migrant kids, any kids that, that they're just there to build, help, help build. And we have to practice just like if, if you, um, I, I always use the analogy of, um, riding your bike, you know, you get kind of rough at the beginning of the summer because you haven't rode it for a while all winter and but then you know you're an expert you because you practice every day and so I always tell the kids you need to practice math facts you need to read a chapter a day and that will help you and so and we and parents maybe some parents aren't aware of that and so we share that information with them and a, a lot of parents are like oh well they have chores well that's great add reading to your chore list <laughs> add math facts to your chore list yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. And I love that you shared all those resources just so parents know what's out there, what's available and, and how they can be, you know, part of the team to help their child's education. All right, should we do the lightning round? Perfect. Okay. So for listeners, I do this every time we have a teacher on the show, I ask them the same three questions at the end. And they tried to answer each question in one to three minutes. So question number one, what's your favorite part about being a teacher? Uh, the students. And when they understand something like the light comes on, they get so excited. Oh, I understand. I get it. Nice. I like, I like their response. Yes, those moments are always fun. Question two, what has being a teacher taught you and what has been its greatest lesson? Um, I feel like a lot of um, people think that I am the teacher and I need to teach the students and I do and I do teach curriculum, but we can also learn from students and, um, and learn a lot from students. And they're, they're just so resilient. They're characters, they're just, they're good kids. They really are. They just need guidance and, and us adults need to remember that we can learn from kids. Absolutely. 100%. Even if it's, you know, having their enthusiasm spread to you, like you were mentioning earlier. All right. Third question. And last question, what advice would you give a brand new first year teacher? Um, I would say don't work on Saturdays. <laughs> um, and I would say have fun. I, I feel like um, we get so 
stressed with lesson plans and standards and and we get just we get worried and overwhelmed and we plan for a year in advance and we copy a hundred pages and I would say just enjoy the moment and treasure those moments with the kids and just have fun with them because they're going to remember that they're not going to remember this worksheet that you printed off yes yeah I think that's such good advice keeping a weekend day to yourself at least and and bringing that fun into the classroom yes yeah for sure all right well thank you so much for your time and coming on the show today and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your summer thanks Thanks for listening to today's show. I also wanted to let you all know that I'll be on maternity leave from July 6th through mid-September, so the show will take a bit of a hiatus. But I'll be back this fall with more episodes with, for, and about Idaho teachers. Have a great summer.